Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the latest uh, 54th edition of Birds All Day. Something like that. Could be 53. Could do be wanna, 53. Do we want to do this every week? No. Yeah. Because uh, it's not that important. No. It's important enough to bring up, not important to get correct. I thought it was the 69th. Every Everyone. It's the 69th. That stopped uh, in 2015. <laughs> good. Uh, the best. This is uh, the probably the worst part of spring training right now. You can tell that it's the worst part of spring training because nobody's around to see it. Next week and this uh, the week coming up, everything starts to wind down, but people start to get closer to full games. Pitchers are going deeper into games. The position players are, are playing more than just two or three at-bats. But uh, this is it's kind of the, the, the end. The, the light is now at the end of the tunnel. I think at the very least. Yeah. Uh, speaking of light at the end of the tunnel, my name is Drew Fairservice, and again, this is Birds All Day. We talk here about your Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, joining me, as always, old reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Yeah. Stoughton, how are you? I'm well. You're well. Thank I'm you well. for cleaning up. You did a beautiful job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Your house should have should have seen it before. Uh, it's immaculate. Yeah, it's immaculate. That's right. Yeah. I could eat off of <laughs> any of these plates that are strewn around. <laughs> Uh, yes, we talk about your Toronto Blue Jays on this podcast, and if you uh, if this is your first time, uh, welcome. Uh, you can rate, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, of course, uh, by searching for Birds All Day. Uh, any other number of podcast places, uh, Podcatcher or Feed Barn or whatever they're all card. Don't know Feed Barn. Don't know Feed Barn. Feed Barn's new, and trust me, it's my okay. startup. Oh, there you go. But head over there. And, uh, and hook us up. And, of course, we also run a Patreon campaign. We are powered by Patreon, so you can head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday. And if you feel so inclined, you can uh, kick in a couple bucks a month to, to keep us in business. And for everyone who has done that over the past, I would say, uh, calendar year. Yeah. Uh, wow, 54, 53 episodes. So that, that would be about right. Uh, for, to, that, to you, we are thankful. Uh, so thank you for everything. And thank you for getting us through this full year. Uh, it's been great. We're having a good time, and it sounds like uh, y'all listening are having a good time as well. Uh, so, what do you got to say? Anything? I got nothing. You got nothing? It's, so, it's garbage time, right? So it is kind of garbage time. Again, the, this we're getting into the I just want the season to start uh, time. We're also getting into the oh boy, I hope you don't get nobody gets hurt time, yeah. which uh, easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll talk about, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, non-injury injury to uh, Troy Chulowitzki. We'll talk about uh, what are the other news and notes. Aaron Sanchez is probably like the number one topic du jour. Still, yeah. Still. Oh, we can talk a little bit about Roberto Osuna as well. Sure, yeah. But we'll just talk about the, you know, the comings, the comings and goings, uh, which is what that's what you're here for, right? That's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for for sure. Here for, of course, you can read Stoughton at BlueJaysNation.com if you are not already on that site right this second. And uh, me too. You, yeah. I right. uh, you can find my writing uh, sometimes sporadically. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. At uh, Blue Jays Nation, it's great this week. Big you, names. You, you, you trotting it out. Yeah. You roll them out one after another. Uh, yeah. Didn't plan it that way. Uh, believe it or not, not a whole lot of planning actually goes into any of my work. Uh. I do find that hard to believe. I find I, I'm sure that your Ed Cal is, is as immaculate as your beautiful home. Yes. Uh, but no, that was great, except you're, you know, pouring cold water on the dreams of everybody, saying Aaron Sanchez is a reliever, so... We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the the concerns that I have and raised, and and, uh, surprisingly, people were receptive. They were at least willing to listen, I feel like. There wasn't a lot of, get this out all the way out of my face. There's (laughs) some, but... uh, There's always that. There's always that. It's all natural. But we'll talk about all that 
and so much more on this, the five-footer edition of Birds All Day. So let's talk. Well, let's start off with the, with the less meaty parts, and we'll move on to the meat. A uh, little bit of uh, the housekeeping-ish news and notes. They, to no one's surprise, Marcus Stroman named opening day starter. Yeah, he was going to be it last year when he pitched like you know twenty starts. So yeah, makes sense. Was it even twenty starts? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But whatever. Yeah, no. Marcus Stroman is a starter. Hard to believe the guy they started in Game Five, the deciding game of a playoff <laughs> series, is the guy they went to uh, to start the season. Yeah. But that's him. It also maybe sets him up to start the home opener, or is that not true? No, I, yeah, they might do that as well. It depends on where Estrada is at still. Uh, but yeah, he could potentially they could potentially skip the fifth spot in the rotation and then uh, and have Strowman start opening day and the home opener. I don't is... think it's a bad idea to skip the fifth starter. You want to keep your the, the, the league's um, exposure to Drew Hutchison at a minimum. Uh, yeah. Oh, what uh, the international league? <laughs> He'll be starting opening day as well. <laughs> yeah, opening day started two years in a row. Uh, <laughs> there have definitely been people who are who I've seen push back against the idea of skipping a start, or, you know, skipping the fifth guy to have Stroman go again. I mean, like, oh, you got to watch his innings this year, to which I say, come the fuck on. It's, you know, yes, you do have to watch his innings, I think, but... Once you know he's going to pitch on on regular rest the bulk of the time, mm-hmm. like it, that you remove this one opportunity to to have him get an extra day. I, I don't think anybody needs to really make a big fucking deal about that. Speaking of making a big fucking deal about that, Marcus <laughs> Stroman reported that David Price sent him a text message offering his congratulations. To which some people were not happy. John Lott reported it on Twitter. And someone was like, I don't want, this isn't news. I don't want to hear about this. I don't care about David Price. Yeah. Which, come on. Yeah, I love when people tell you that stuff isn't news. That's great. I love the unsolicited editorial advice. Always Mm -hmm. fun. I got that when I posted about uh, Rogers calling the cops on a guy who threatened a statue. They're like, this isn't news. And it's like, oh, really? The next morning, literally every news site had a story about this guy. So here's here's a here's a tip here's a tip if you think something's not news and we don't care what you think. <laughs> uh, you going out of your way to comment that it isn't news <laughs> maybe suggests otherwise. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, and yeah, that, but, I don't know. That's David Price, and he David Price is all ready to pay play the heel or whatever you want to describe it. He's uh, he said, oh, I'm ready to be booed or people are going to boo me or whatever he said. Uh, which, don't boo David Price, of all the people. Yeah. Don't boo the guy who was the best pitcher on the team 11 times. Not in the playoffs. That's true. Don't boo <laughs> David Price. Not, not at first. No, give him an ovation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I could boo him after that, though. Sure, boo him after that. But at least show him some love, some appreciation. I think that's, I think that's fair. It's funny. I mean, I listened to the game yesterday uh, on the radio. You know, they had Sean Casey in there talking about uh, the, the mayor. mayor, the mayor, the <laughs> mayor. Uh, 
when they said the mayor was going to be on, I'm like, oh, that uh, the lady who really wants the Jays to stay in Dunedin? All right, this, uh, <laughs> this sounds good. I heard it was a real like central plank to her campaign. It was like, got to keep the Blue Jays. Roger's probably just salivating at the all the public money they're going to be able to get out of these people. Uh, if there's one thing Florida has a, has a lot of, it's uh, willing taxpayers. It does seem like that's a thing. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Casey, it just, it, just the way that Casey was talking about you know, playing in Fenway and stuff, and, and and you know the different stops in his career. But he he made a point of mentioning you know playing with the Sox, and it's just it's just so different how these guys think about it than fans do. He's like, yeah, it was great playing for family, you know, doing the the rivalry with the Yankees, you know, whatever. This whole it, it's just a it, you know, it's like he said a heel turn. It is kind of like okay, now now I'm this character. Now I'm now I'm doing this thing, whereas you know fans. Obviously, in every different city, have their have their clothes that they root for that we get really you know hung up on and and want to boo David Price, but yeah, it's probably probably kind of fun to be David Price and to be like, all right, now I'm gonna go do this thing. I make... oh, these guys hate me. Whatever, that's kind of just part of the charm of being you know on the platform that he's on. Uh, as a bit of an aside, right now LeBron James is kind of doing <laughs> something very similar. Where James LeBron yeah, James yeah. is doing interviews, being like, oh, I'd love to play with those guys. Not mentioning <laughs> yeah. anything about Cleveland, people are like, "Oh, you gotta be a bit more like serious about your job with the Cavaliers." And it's kind of like, if I'm LeBron James, not really, not not really. I am not really at all. Yeah. So severely and savagely underpaid. <laughs> yeah. And someone I was talking about on Twitter today, someone was like, "You know, he doesn't work with the Cavaliers. He works for Nike." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. Why wouldn't he? He's going to get paid so much more and for so much longer." I've by Nike, He's, yeah. Well, by you want to get the second best basketball player in the world? Come on, second best. That's right. Be- oh, Jesus. <laughs> I can't even. But uh, yeah, all power to them. I mean, yeah, they got to get paid and going to play for Boston. It would be, it would be cool. But I know that when if, for as fans, we're like, but we hate those guys. And he's like, mm. yeah, they don't give a shit what we think. I mean, a lot of these guys have been, they've had to have been mercenaries for their whole lives. Totally, yeah. Where there was, uh, Andrew McCutcheon has a story in that Players' Tribune thing that he wrote, where he went and played for one team. Right. And he played against a team, and they were like, we have a tournament next week, come, you're playing on our team now. (laughs) He's a little kid. And they're like, oh yeah, no, 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 you play for us now. You've been recruited to the better team. Yeah. With That travels more and has nicer batting gloves and free shoes. And it's also, I mean, it's... It's like an insular community. It's like, hey, you're a millionaire baseball player. Like you're, you just you run in the same circles as all these other guys on the other Forever. teams. Forever, like, yeah. It's, uh, it's just the dynamic is different than that. This whole thing that we build up in our heads as fans, where we mm-hmm. despise and boo people for playing in a different garbage city. And wait for this. Uh, wait for the CBA to get ratified before you start to see those ranks really close when the union stuff starts to come out yeah which will be really interesting to see because a fans hate unions hate them with a fiery passion they have no concern whatsoever for the union or the players within them the other side of it is and in, in baseball it's especially delicious is that there's a very good chance that 90 percent of the players hate unions too <laughs> <laughs> they just happen to be in yeah. one that's very, very, very well run and well organized and has yeah. won significant uh, rewards for the players over and over and over and over. And I'm sure that's lost on many of them. But the players? Yeah, I would think so. There's a good... There's, I, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, they want the... You know, they gotta get their, gotta get their lower taxes. 
It's like it's like uh, Caitlyn Jenner being a Republican. It's like, oh, hey, you got a ton of money. I don't care about your other shit. I want to. <laughs> I want you to get your fucking hands off. Yeah, my get your money. hands off my money. Everything yeah. else. Will, I, when yeah. I'm rich, I can pay my. I can buy my way out of this <laughs> yeah. other bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So that's it. Marcus Stroman's going to start on opening day. That's it. We're talking about Caitlyn Jenner because Marcus Stroman yeah. is starting on opening right. day. Uh, the another thing we'll talk. The next thing we'll talk about. We'll talk about. Um, uh, Troy Tulowitzki. We'll talk the new stuff first. Sure. There you go. Troy Tulowitzki yeah. got hit in the hand yesterday. Came out of the game. It was a Bartolo Colon fastball. Cause I assume it's a fastball because that doesn't really throw much in the way of other pitches. Yeah, I believe it was. But uh, and he's fine. Bone bruise. Might play tomorrow. Might, Might play, play tomorrow on, on Friday or Saturday. There were there were breathless reports of him carrying around a plate with his right hand oh, in, the, in wow. the clubhouse after the yeah. game. Yeah. And it, I mean it, that that's just going to happen with Tulo. It's it, it <laughs> his predecessor at the position was uh, had a similar thing where it's like it seems a bit delicate. And anytime that anytime that something gets close to like, uh oh, is he hurt? Mm. Uh, you fear the worst because it just seems to sort of happen all the time. Like his predecessor, do do you recall? <laughs> does anyone remember that his predecessor's first at bat as a Blue Jay <laughs> resulted in an injury? First at bat as like official big league at bat hurt on opening day. Bit of a, a bit of an omen, yeah. A little bit of an omen, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's not worry too much about Tortulowski. It's easy to worry about Tortulowski, and I, it's well, fun. especially when how many. <laughs> How much playing time do you want Darwin Barney to get this year? Well, but okay, this is something that you've mentioned uh, is the worrisome depth behind Troy Tulowitzki. But there is no such thing as no, depth behind really. Troy Tulowitzki. Yes. There's no such thing unless you're unless you have. Uh, I'm trying to think of teams that, that have shortstop depth, legitimate shortstop depth. Yeah, the <laughs> Astros. The Astros have some depth because they have guys like Marwin Gonzalez or whatever. But yeah. even that yeah. compared to Carlos Correa. Trash. Cleveland has well, shortstop depth. Yeah. Trash compared to Correa, yes. Everyone's trash compared to Carlos Correa. Cleveland has shortstop depth because they have Jose Ramirez, who can step in behind Francisco Lindor. But both those guys make $500,000 a year. Yeah. If you are a team that has a $20 million shortstop or a shortstop make, you know, look at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the best, or, best organization yeah. in baseball. And if you are, want to argue that, you're an idiot. Johnny Peralta argue. goes out, and now they've got Jed Jerko as their shortstop, or they have to pick. Uh, Ramon uh, uh, Tejada off of the waiver wire. The Cardinals. Nobody has shortstop depth other than a very, very small handful of very fortunate teams that have guys making the minimum. So I'm not too... And even that, if you if your middle infield is Goins and Barney or Goins and whomever else is going to fill in at second base before... Yeah. That's a normal middle infield, frankly. Yeah. Then I guess the, the Cubs have middle infield depth. So the same thing. They're all making nothing. Yes, that's true. Uh, no, you're right. I, they, those guys are okay. They're fine. They're fine. The, uh, the for, bar for is a little, for a little while. Yeah. The bar is so low for shortstops. So low. Yeah. It's like where the Jays have another depth pro- depth problem, which is a catcher. If anything happens, but to everybody, Hart, but who doesn't nobody, have problem? nobody even has like a frontline catcher, hardly. There's, there's how many? Well, we look, like, look at some catchers in the league. Look at, at what well, we talked about. We talked about it over and over last year with John Navarro, right? Right. Yeah. John Navarro was an incredible luxury for the Blue Jays to have a guy who is, who is good enough that there were 
occasionally calls for him to be the everyday catcher. Right? Yeah. But he's still not good enough to be a good catch, <laughs> like the starting catcher on a good team. No, this is true. Yeah, he's, right? he's, he's fine, the, but yeah, he signed, he was, but that was like like that, and it was like five million dollars for a backup catcher. But you get like the best backup catcher you can have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, and then that's he became a, a free, he became a free agent, and where did he go? Somewhere else to be a backup catcher. Yeah, the guy he's behind is no great shakes in his own his own self, but yeah, he'll get a lot of playing time. Also, they're they're garbage. The White Sox? Uh, oh yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty bad. Entirely garbage. They're yeah. also like a hilarious roaring tire fire yeah but there are no good catchers there's is, Buster Posey and this is before Brett Laurie has really even endeared himself to anybody they're a tire fire so I'm looking <laughs> forward to that whole thing there's the Fangrass rant is doing their positional power rankings and the catcher one is hilarious because <laughs> the catcher depth chart it's like Posey and then falls off a cliff it's Posey and then falls off a cliff and, and, then, and yeah. but and even well on uh, way there, down the cliff yeah. Is Russell Martin. Yeah, he's... Is he what? He's like, what, third, fourth, something like that? In terms of the ranking? Oh, he couldn't... He wouldn't be much further down beyond no, that. I don't think so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Posey, and then you have the Dodgers, because... Uh, they've got a bunch of them. Yeah, well, and they What's his name? Like, Randall or whatever? Randall, yeah. Uh, and then the Yankees, because Brian McCann is good and makes $18 million, just like... yeah. You tend to forget you'd, you'd, ra- you'd rather Brian McCann not be good, but mm-hmm. yeah, he might be. He might be Look okay. at, again, but he's, he's also he's good for a catcher at this point, which is Brian McCann. Yeah, which is the bar is real. Fun Brian McCann is the third. You know, the Yankees with Brian McCann are the third highest ranked um, uh, catching squadron, like and that's only projected be- war. Yeah, yeah, and that's because you've got Brian McCann who's who's viable to play at another position. Maybe like you can start him at DH and not and not want to kill yourself. Yeah. And there aren't many other teams. I mean, how many games did Russell Martin start at DH? Not very many. Last no. Year. Why would you bother? You want to give him his rest? He's, yeah, it's that's exactly true. Especially, and I, especially I'll, the Dickey stuff. I'll reference the Cardinals again. Look at what happened with them when they 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 lost uh, Yadier Molina, who had two offseason uh, surgeries, and also uh, is fucking terrible. He's now. really bad now. Yeah, he's so bad. Yeah. And yet here we are. So depth is something that that no, there's only so much depth, and the Blue Jays are doing what they can to insulate with depth in the places a where it's needed most, and b where it's more readily accessible. Yeah, and that is league average and worse starting pitching. Yeah, layer that shit in there as heavily and thickly as you can. But if you have a good catcher, it's not like you just lay have him lying around. The Mets have a decent situation again, but like catcher, shortstop. The Blue Jays are lucky because they have a, a via, they have decent backup center fielder if they need it, or one yeah. they can store. In the minor leagues, not many people have that. No, it's true. They're 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 pretty strong up the middle, which is a rare thing for them. I remember a couple of years ago, it was like that was those were their question marks. It's, like, it's oh, a rare thing for anybody. Yeah, and if you have it, then you have a good team. It's true. It's been a it's been a good little turnaround there, getting uh, getting Martin and Tulo and for the low low price of like fifty yeah. million dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jeff Hoffman might end up being okay too. Might he? We'll see. Uh, Colorado will fuck He's that poisoned up. now. Yeah, he true. is poisoned. Uh, so that's it. So the, the the good news is no news with Tulowitzki. Again, might play tomorrow. Just a, some sore, slightly swollen fingers. So, Edwin's getting close, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's there you good. Go. Yeah. I mean, Edwin is the kind... 
I mean, I think clearly that, just doesn't want anything to do with spring training. No, it's true. Why would he? Why would he? Why risk further injury when you're Edwin Encarnacion <laughs> and you're sitting on a paycheck? Uh, I think I, I will say though. I think that Edwin Encarnacion is good in a way that and that we have an impression of him. Or maybe I, I was about to say. He's the kind of guy that just kind of falls out of bed hitting doubles sort of thing and hitting balls off the wall. Yeah. But at the same time, I would th- I'm going to say that that's probably not true. And I think he that had that a terrible might... first month last yeah, year. Yeah, and it also out. sells his work short and how much work that, he does and how yeah. hard he would work. With those weird videos of like these guys, it would be so strange to be a professional athlete where you're working out in the park and like five of your friends are just chilling watching. Like, oh, I'm going to take a video of you doing this shuttle run, man. <laughs> Put it up on your... Uh, I'm going to insta-G it. It's a little weird. But uh, you know, that's the the cost of doing business. Cost of doing business. Speaking yeah. of cost of doing business, we'll talk about, uh, one more time another news thing. Uh, Roberto Osuna said something to uh, a few reporters, not just John Locke, but yeah. of course John Locke's the guy that we're going to key on. I think he he had his story up first. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, said he Wait. doesn't want to be, a, or he does want to be a closer. He doesn't want to start. To which I uh, and everyone said, Rudo Osuna, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Though he did seem, you know, if you look at the quotes, he seemed resigned to the fact that that is what's going to happen, and that's what like, he thinks the team has, you know, as their plan for him. There was an amazing quote, or amazing uh, line, somebody tweeted at you, and you, you shared it on Twitter, which was, yeah. the guy with one pitch desperately <laughs> wants to be a starter, and the guy with three wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would love to... I. I was there any true explanation? Did he say why? Or was it a lot, no, a lot was, of tea leaf reading? Yeah, it was tea leaf reading. I mean, people 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 think that the you know he had the Tommy John. He's afraid of the arm stuff. You know, someone was talking, and I wrote I ended up writing about it, even though I told this guy he didn't know what he's talking about. But he's you know he's got the inverted W with the mechanics, and people look at that and think, mm. oh, there. Could be a precursor to an injury, which is sort of dubious, but then also, oh, he did have that injury already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he just thinks that that's, you know, it's it's too much on his arm. And, he, uh, and, and I think maybe, this is what I ended up concluding, is that, you know, the Blue Jays are like, yeah, well, you, you're, you're cheap, we can get cheap innings out of you until you break down, so it's not really our concern about what happens to your arm super long term, necessarily. You know, not quite uh, that harsh, I guess, but yeah, I mean... It seems it seems to me like they at least understand, according to Asura in his quotes, that yeah, starting is where he should be. Uh, I find yeah. it strange. It, it, yeah, I find it very strange. I'm not uh, eager to take away Roberto Osuna's agency. If he wants to be a reliever, well. He said he wants to pitch every day too. That's the thing. He, which says. Is, he doesn't want to wait around five, day, you know, four days in between. Which a sort start. of runs counter to the "I don't want to get hurt" thing because yeah, it does. Maybe pitching every day and warming up and getting hot and sitting down is not good for your arm. But I'm I'm no doctor. But it's just it's unusual to hear because it's it's not like it's well, it especially runs counter to what we've heard Aaron Sanchez say for the past six months or however yeah. long, where he's just determined to start. Where Osuna, uh, for his own reasons, wants to stay a closer, and, and, and then maybe that's that's how he ends up. And there's nothing wrong with having good relievers. There's no harm in having good pitchers in your bullpen, but which the Jays will have none of if Osuna uh, ends up starting, Sanchez ends up starting next year, mm-hmm. and then Cecil and Storin are free agents. So there is a chance that they have nobody back there. 
they're relievers. You just give them tens of millions of dollars, and they show up <laughs> and pitch for you. Yeah, I don't know. It's no, uh, that's the, no, that's the money we're pretending is earmarked for Batista and Encarnacion to come back. They got they, that money has got statue protection written all <laughs> over it. I don't know. I, I find it strange though, and it, and it is, you know, selfishly. Obviously, all this is selfishly. Selfishly, I would love to see him start because I think that he's good enough to do it. And having him be another good starter, a cheap starter, if you care about that at all, he's good. He and he has a chance to be good. And I would, you would hate to see him not even get it. Not even take the opportunity yeah. to try and start. But uh, we'll see what they're able to come to. We'll see, we'll see if someone can show him the... Uh, maybe if, you know David Price can invite him over to his palatial mansion for dinner or something and be like, see, I, I own eight of these mansions. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a mansion in every city. Yeah. Because I don't give a shit. I just signed like a $200 million contract. Um, that would be a good idea, I think. But it's also, I mean, that we talked about this a bunch with uh, the leadoff thing, which you know Kevin Pillar, unofficially named uh, mm. leadoff guy, like basically he's leading off all the time. Uh, there's something to be said for the fact that he's he wants to do it. Give the job about, to a guy that wants to. Yeah, do we it, said yeah. that about Pillar, and you know, Osuna really doesn't want to be a starter. You can still extract a whole lot of value from him in the bullpen, obviously. I feel uh, like it's not, you don't want to don't close any doors before they're open, Roberto. Yeah, give it a try. Yeah, that's where it's where you're gonna make a whole lot more fucking money for one. Maybe maybe you like having the managed workload and the glory and the ability to help your team win in a much more profound way. I don't know. It's it's worrisome. But anyway, we'll see how it's. I, it's, I could see be like if you you know you're more engaged in every single game if you're if you're a reliever because you have to be prepared to go in and, and you know to for the, the situation can change quickly and you know you always have to be ready you always have to be following the game and and into it and mentally prepared for that maybe that's just something he likes and he you know that's in his quote he doesn't like those days off where you're kind of just not a part of it you're. Uh, you're just a cheerleader, and it doesn't really matter what uh, you know what you're doing relative to the team. Maybe there's, you know, I could see someone not liking that aspect of it. Yeah, God, God forbid you make twice as much money to do a <laughs> well, quarter of the work. Be that as it may, I'm just saying I don't, you know, I w- it wouldn't be my choice, but I could see someone feeling that way that they would rather be engaged in the game every day. It's every fine. Day. It's fine. You know, when, again, when they foist it on him, what choice does he have anyway? We talk about agency. They're going to be like, hey, guess what you're doing now? This. <laughs> yeah, basically. Get out there. Let's do some long toss, homeboy. Uh, one more thing. The, the John Morosi, hero to most, was talking about the uh, <laughs> the Montreal series. It's the Red Sox. Most yeah. sold out. They sold like 100,000 tickets or something obnoxious like that. Which is, uh, I bet there's going to be a lot of Red Sox fans. You think so? Yeah. Why would why would anyone travel to follow a last place team? <laughs> I like that. Three in the last what, four years. They've been. <laughs> what happened in that other year? The Red the Red Sox are. It's insane to me the way that they've operated over the however last however many years. Like for them to have had yeah. those crazy seasons, crazy. Don't worry, Dave Dombrowski will figure it all out now. Don't worry, they got rid of those stats people they were relying too much on, and uh... they won the World Series. <laughs> Bookended by last place finishes. It's pretty good. 
And that doesn't even account for 2011 where they were amazing and then they lost every game for two months. Crazy. It was also amazing. But yeah, I, I, I suspect I just suspect the novelty is wearing off a little bit for the, the traveling Jays fans. Maybe that's not true because we you know they still travel well. Montreal is always fun to go to, though early April, maybe not the most ideal time to go to Montreal. Uh, and yeah, you're probably going to, you know, all the fucking kids from Boston who are waiting to turn 21 so they can go to the bars. Like, oh, fuck. See the socks and it's fucking eighteen to drink there, and they don't even card if you're that is, that old. I think if anything, it's more Let's like do it. They happen to be there. They're like, yeah, hey, like a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps that too. Yeah, uh, that's it. Oh, one more thing: the Jay Bruce thing. We'll talk about the last piece okay. of news. Yeah, uh, was it Bob Nightingale? It was. Uh, who? Terrible. <laughs> Bob well, Night- plugged in though. Yeah, Let's he, see if we he get some nuggets. He had some nuggets about the the, uh, the Jay Bruce trade that was not yes, with the Reds and how the right. Reds were going to what kick in eight million bucks. I think eight million bucks, yeah. Eight yeah. million bucks. That starts to get a lot more attractive. It does. Yeah, that start that that option. It's like a hmm, like a <laughs> really. Uh, I mean, it would basically no cash difference for the Blue Jays between Saunders and eh, pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I would not be real pleased if I was a Reds fan that they were going to do that and that they'll probably find a way to move Bruce. Except that you kind of, as a Reds fan, should be happy that you're going to get half a season out of him where he's probably going to build back some of the value that, you know, made us, you know, that disappeared and made us call him trash when the whole idea was uh, was coming about. Conversely, they're going to watch a team that was going to be bad either uh, anyway. Yeah. And now they get to watch a trash outfielder <laughs> submarine his own value. I don't see. That's the thing. He might not. He might be fine. He might be. He might go right on back to being Jay Bruce. Or I, yeah, you're right. He might. I'm glad. I'm in glad. that Jay Bruce, Jay Bruce is trash. <laughs> I'm glad that we don't have to find out. Yeah, we get we get we get the rock solid high floor of Michael Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> Woo boy! Uh, you know, Junior Lake. Making some noise in camp. Let's oh, come go. on. Yeah, no. Clearly not. Hey, Ezekiel Carrera hitting walk-off home runs in Zeke, spring. as I like to call him. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Are we talking about depth? <laughs> there you Let's go. Let's talk about depth. Has okay. Don Brown done anything? Is anyone talking about Don Brown? Yeah, that's actually... That's the first time I've heard him mentioned in quite some time. I feel Did like he the, get hurt, maybe? Because <laughs> I haven't seen him for a long time. I can't help but think that the Don Brown thing is like... He's shown up and been Don Brown... Uh, to which everyone has said, uh, oh, okay, uh, Buffalo it is for you, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I say I haven't noticed him, but like, how much have I really been fucking He is humming along with a cool, what's this, 185, 313, 333 line. Hey, He's got right. more walks and strikeouts. No, that's, no, that's not him. That's Jose. Oh, he does, too. <laughs> He's got more walks and strikeouts. Uh, he has two triples, but five hits in 27 at bats. Well, that's just not going to cut it here in spring where everything's really important. Like Aaron Sanchez. And how he's never faced a... He's faced like such trash lefties. Junior Lake is uh, no better right now. Don Pompey? No... He... Yeah, but, but what about Daryl? Pompey's got two home runs and a triple. What about Daryl Siciliani, though? There's, there's, there's the guy. There's the guy everybody loves. Oh, the guy? <laughs> yeah, that's the guy, all right. Yeah. That's the guy, all right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, did we, did we talk about Sanchez yet? No, it's the, we're going to take a break okay. and then talk about Sanchez. Yeah. That's the meat. 
That is so I decided we're going to run through the news. Yeah. I got it now. Do you not attend our production meetings in my head <laughs> yeah. five minutes before we turn the microphone on? Yeah, I do not. <laughs> no. I do not. Attendance is mandatory. I'm going to start sending a read <laughs> reply with those. Uh, yeah. The outfield is... Uh, Saunders looks fine. Yeah. Right? He looks fine. Other than that, we like, last week we belittled his feeble attempt against Aroldis Chapman. Uh, as <laughs> yes. though it's not very difficult to hit against Aroldis Chapman. He might be good, yeah. He's good. He is indeed good. So we'll see what happens again. There's, that's Again, we talked about short the shortcomings in terms of depth. Uh, if Saunders goes down, there are lots of guys who are not much worse than him waiting in the wings. Theoretically, yeah. I would really like to think Saunders can be can have a better season than, say, giving a ton of at-bats to Zeke, as I like to call oh, it. Oh, yeah, I know. Zeke's terrible. And yeah. my feelings on Zeke are not are not unknown. No. But uh, between, you know, you maybe we'll catch lightning in the ball. You'll get a nice season out of the lake or a Don Brown or somebody... Um, or a Siciliani, yeah, or a, could, this kid who comes out of the out of the woodwork, but uh, you know they're going to end up running Colabello out there. I think they really need to go out of their way to avoid that. <laughs> I think they should too, but I think that there's nothing I want to see less than the Colabello Danny Valencia thing that was going on last <laughs> it was, year. It was pretty awful. Uh, but that team, of course, the team that won the American League East. That was yeah. Not until they got a little guy I like to call Ben Revere. <laughs> the linchpin. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back finally. We'll talk about Aaron Sanchez on this edition of Birds All Day. So we're back. Uh, we didn't actually go anywhere. No, well, sort of. You we went to the other room yeah. for a minute. Yeah. But uh, now we're going to talk about the man from Toronto who spawned more think pieces than Rob Ford this week. <laughs> Sadly, not true. But... Aaron Sanchez. Yeah. No, it's true. The the the, uh, the Rob Ford was like a stimulus package for the f- the flailing international think piece economy. It really was. I think I, that was in the twelve thirty six email today. <laughs> <clears throat> but. Uh, a lot, a lot has been written about Aaron Sanchez again because his story is compelling, and it's only the one of the only truly uh, unknown elements of this Blue Jays spring. It is something yeah. we've talked about, uh, probably even talked to death. I would think so. But now yeah. we have more fodder, to, <laughs> things to discuss, uh, because I had held back some of my observations or, or considerations previously because I was holding them for this 
piece of content for it that I created for you. The fact of the matter is Aaron Sanchez looks really good in spring training. His he numbers sure are sparkling. Yep. Which is nice. <clears throat> but the contention that I made, and I will continue to make until uh, I have proved myself a fool, <laughs> or until there is evidence to the contrary, <clears throat> is that it almost doesn't matter how well Aaron Sanchez pitches in terms of his numbers, because foolish as it might be to ignore the fact that he is, has been successful, if he's not able to develop his secondary pitches, if he can't get his curveball and his change-up specifically, I know he's been tinkering with cutters and sliders and stuff like that, all those things are important. Cutter would be nice sure, if you can make that work. But there needs to be development of those secondary pitches because otherwise he's a one-pitch pitcher and no matter how good he looks in spring training, the probability of making a one-pitch starter work is incredibly, insanely low. Yeah. Especially a guy that has really struggled to throw strikes in the past. Now perhaps this newly muscled frame has helped him to control and repeat his delivery in a way that will... Rain in some of that wildness. They seem they seem to say that, but they, they, do, they but, do say that. But they do not usually say negative things. Not <laughs> about Aaron Sanchez, <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Year. Oh, did you listen to the broadcast yesterday too? <laughs> the point. So that's my point. So my point yeah. is that Aaron Sanchez is, is a true spring training case, and it'll be interesting to see the way that the front office, with their reputation for develop, developing pitchers, uh, approaches it. Because what I think they're watching more than, yeah, he threw, he threw that fastball past that AAA guy yeah. who's starting for the Mets in this game, where the Mets, who never come to Dunedin, brought literally nobody. They brought uh, the goofy center fielder, what's yeah, his name? Lagaris. Lagaris and Wilmer Flores was hitting yeah. cleanup for the Mets. And then everybody's Yesterday. celebrating Aaron Sanchez mowing Because he down. mowed them down. <laughs> he mowed them down. But it's going to take more than just throwing his two-seamer or four-seamer, which kind of looks like a two-seamer anyway, throwing it past guys. So He can get by quite a long way, I think, on that one pitch. Like, as a one-pitch pitcher, it's pretty good pitch. But, it is. But, yeah, he definitely needs more of that. And, that, I mean, that's the thing. And I drew, I, I drew upon what Wilner said during the game yesterday. It wasn't televised, which, by the way, is horseshit. And you have your own fucking... Like, how many channels do you have? You can't really just, like, figure out a way to broadcast every Blue Jays You got to pay a whole crew? You got to pay on. a crew to, to broadcast a Wednesday afternoon game I between think... the Jays and the, and the Tidewater Mets or whatever? I oh, the, the Mets are, are in Las Vegas, aren't they? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yikes. But, but uh, I, think, I think you are. I think you, sure, you certainly are. People, people, don't, people don't have regular hours anymore. Lots of people at home watching TV in the day. That's probably Wednesday. not true at all. No. But but, uh, but anyway, uh, so he, but he said that he was having trouble locating the changeup. So okay. that's kind of the, and that's kind of the way it goes, and that seems to be the way it has gone. You know, they mentioned in the previous start, Sanchez himself said, you know, he had some good like O two curveballs, but it's those other counts that he was struggling with it, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's how it goes. It's like all right, you know, you would show me pitches with the changeup and the curve, and then, mm-hmm. and then oh okay, well what's the count? All right, I'll just start throwing the damn splitter again, and that's and, and he mows down triple A guys with it. Splitter even would be a nice would be nice. Or sorry, yeah, to, yeah, to the add. But uh, uh, but no, and that's it. And that those kind of things are going to get extra scrutiny, and he's going to they're going to really quasi analyze it. You know, oh well, he's been putting too much spin on it, and he can't throw it for strikes. But but that's what it takes to be a, a, a starter and be a good starter. When people are love to throw out these number two starter things on him, and Blair's quoting a scout that says that he's the best second best starter that they've got. But it's like, yeah, you know, no one's going to ever take away from the fact that he throws really hard 
and that two-seamer, it, it barrels in on left. Like, it, it messes people yeah. up. It messes right-handed batters up. And and he will occasionally throw a good changeup and a good curveball, just not consistently. I, wa- I watched through the start before, which was against uh, the Astros, who were facing the Mets that he faced last time. And I was looking for, for to see when, and, and it's, it's so hard, especially with a radar gun when you're yeah. just sitting at home. But yeah. it didn't look like he threw more than a handful of change-ups because it's just as a matter of opportunity. But that pitch is everything. And if he, if he can't develop those pitches, I'm sorry, he's a reliever. But, I mean, this is what I wrote about yesterday as well, after the start, is that, yeah, he's faced such trash left-handed hitters this year. And if like his splits last year were just disgusting like, mm-hmm. like it, it's he can't get lefties out if he's just using that one pitch that he's got he needs that change up especially to do it mm-hmm. and even though you know everybody's in a rush to point to how great he's been this spring and the you know the command has been good you know he has, he's great. been throwing strikes and mm-hmm. that is really you know that but that's that's just not everything and yeah he just he hasn't had to face quality left-handed hitting that he would need to use that changeup in, and uh, you know their teams can really stack lefties against him, especially if you look in the division. You know, Red Sox will have a lot of options there. Yankees, almost everybody is a fucking lefty or switch hitter. Uh, you know, those those are but two teams. But uh, I was I'm Tammy Rainey, who writes for BP Toronto. We were talking about this yesterday on Twitter because I mentioned it, and it's uh, I ended up looking at total batters faced from either side of the plate. And lefties were 42% of the plate appearances last year. Like, you would think it's lower than that. I was surprised that it was even that high. Uh, maybe maybe something was wrong with the numbers. I don't know. But <laughs> but 42% is what it came out to say. So that's even just an average number of lefties. That's a lot for a guy who, you know, had a 390. Like, they had a 390 on base against him last year. The, the command... If he's able to make those kinds of strides in command, that's huge. Because, uh, you know, in my piece I kind of referenced or looked at, guys with similar, almost a similar profile, you know, the sinker slider guys that you see. Henderson Alvarez was one reference, yeah. one that I referenced. Yeah. Uh, Willie Peralta, who's going to start for the Brewers, but also is awful. But guys that throw really hard and get tons of ground balls, but they're the sinker slider guys. Where that's everything. Like, those guys don't walk anybody. Yes, you know, and, and Henderson Alvarez, who who has not super uh, numbers compared you know, with strikeouts and stuff, but he had a decent year two years ago. And now he's, you know, then the, Mar- the Marlins walked away from him. Yeah, because his shoulder issue uh, troubles were were worrisome. But uh, you know, I was talking to uh, one of the guys from Mop Up Duty Callum, and he he actually he mentioned uh, AJ Burnett, somebody that I didn't really reference in in my story, but at the beginning of his career. There's a lot of similarities between Burnett and Sanchez, where Burnett was a pretty much fastball curveball guy. He he wasn't quite the two seamer guy that he became later in his career, but he he sort of made that work for a while. But then, and also a guy with no command and a guy who walked a lot of people. But I think that you know a lot of a lot of the way that we perceived AJ Burnett, I think, was because of the time he was a 500 pitcher and. Yeah. People didn't care that he struck out, you know, ten guys per nine innings as much as like, oh, he walks too many. And, oh, but, yeah, and and I, and I assume Sanchez has similar strikeout numbers. Well, no, but <laughs> early in his career, Burnett didn't have those strikeout numbers. Oh, really? Okay. In the first two years, so Burnett got hurt in two thousand and three, the year the Marlins won the World Series. Right. So two thousand and one and two thousand and two, he made 
like 35 starts or something between the two of them. Or I don't know. He pit, Basically, when they were the same age, he had pitched about 300 innings. And he had one full year in the big leagues where his strikeout numbers were not great. And his walk numbers were not great either. Um, and he kind of was just not great. And he was about the same age as Sanchez. But but uh, And obviously we know that a, that A.J. Burnett, A, came to Toronto, pitched really well, and then really became a much, continued to be a good good pitcher for all. For a long time, yeah. So there's that, right? There's that. There are guys like that. People say, "Oh, look at you know Doug Fister. Doug Fister was another sinker curveball guy who I, I say a threw a lot more splitters than you remember, and b didn't walk anybody. So yeah, it's good if if the command is good. That's important because that's the first of his barriers to becoming an effective starting pitcher. That's at least one of them. Not yeah, yeah. Where. It's. I mean, it's still spring, but yeah, it's still spring. It's a, it definitely. It looks. It looks a lot better. But if that's the only benefit of this weight gain and all the work they did in the off season was being a bit stronger on the mound, having being able to repeat and simplify and, and stay strong through deliberate delivery, that's good. That's a big bonus. But there are still those two things because again, we're talking. Uh, we talked about him as a two pitch pitcher, but even that is kind of flattering him a little bit. Yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, we just haven't seen much of it because and he that i mean that's the problem because he goes to the bullpen and and when he's pitched into the bullpen like he has the last two years mm. he just doesn't use that other stuff he doesn't need to uh you know it's like 80 percent fastballs it's it, it's crazy and you know marvel as we have at his numbers in the bullpen none of them are like the only one that's really good is the era right he doesn't have an he has maybe an average strikeout rate yeah for uh, for a reliever, it's slightly yeah. below average, slightly above average walk rate as a reliever. So it's the that, ground ball rate that's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Which which, can, which works with the defense that the Jays are rolling out there. And uh, a guy I mentioned briefly, and you and I actually talked about this a little bit more than I, I than I talked about in my in the story was a guy who actually made sinker curveball work for a while was Jim Johnson, the former Orioles closer, Dirty Jim, who Dirty Jim. was good and then he was <laughs> awful. Yeah, he had maybe two or three good years, but he made that profile work. But again, as a reliever, did never had good strike, never had good strikeout numbers, huge ground ball numbers, and was good. He was effective, but it's just a it's a diff, it's a risk, and it also, which isn't necessarily to say that it's great, but it runs counter to um, the current orthodoxy when it comes to relievers. Sure, He's got the big arm, yeah, doesn't have the big strikeout numbers. True, and I'll, I mean, yeah. Uh, to, the, and this is why this is the compelling story of the spring because yeah what, you know what, what way do you go with it it's it, it is it is difficult I mean the thing about him being a reliever and you're you're probably right uh, ultimately but that stuff will still be there if he tries to start mm-hmm. you can always sort of revert to that um, not to sound like a like a Nationals fan uh, is there a chance Drew, Drew Storm is trash. He's been kind of getting ahead a little bit, has he not? I think so. I, I don't know if they've been shielding him a little bit or what, but I don't know. I just, I maybe, maybe it's just sort of a bias that uh, that I'm only noticing when I hear negative things. But it seems like every once in a while it's like, oh yeah, Drew Storden didn't have a great day. Uh, and the, you know, he, you know, they were the the talk about when it was a little less clear whether Osuna would keep the closing job or Storen would take it. Uh, you know, you look at what he was doing when he was not in the ninth, or when he was asked to do more than three outs, and uh, he, he's, there's there's some scary stuff there. You know, I, I, you you don't talk about you can't talk about the Jays bullpen in the same way as you would, you know, an actual excellent bullpen like say the Yankees back into the bullpen, or mm-hmm. or the Red Sox. We assume as long as they stay healthy, which they haven't so far, and 
Koji doesn't blow up, but they're probably going to be pretty good too. They'll be pretty. Oh, Carson Smith is hurt though. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, the most of, I think the thing that I would I would never advocate for though is moving Aaron Sanchez to the bullpen to address a shortcoming back there. Yeah, they owe it to true. him, and yeah. they owe it to themselves to develop him to the best of his ability, based on what he's able to accomplish. And that's why I keep saying send him to Buffalo. I, d- I don't think they're going to do it. But that's my the other side of my argument is why send him to Buffalo? What, What's he going to learn there? Yeah. In a lot and of we've ways, talked about we've I think we've talked about this fourteen times. Yeah, we've talked about it a hundred times. This is his seventh year or sixth full season. You know, two thousand and ten was his full year as a pro. Was he drafted in two thousand and nine? Oh, I think it was 2010. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that was the big... So big, he's got a lot of draft. professional instruction under his belt, as we've said many times. Uh, going down there, throwing 98 or 97 or 96 if you're in the rotation. But, okay, then the, here's another question, then. I'll ask you. And, um, again, I know that you probably... You know, and it relates back to what um, what John Law wrote, which is... We keep talking about how well his, his fastball is so good, but that's not good enough. Well, what if it is? What if it is good enough? It's, if he's blowing everyone away with his fastball, what what like what was it? Are we overthinking it? Maybe. I mean, that split last year against lefties is ugly, but it. I mean, he does. He he looks better right now. He looks and and the fact you know what he pitched pitched into the seventh last uh, yesterday against the Mets. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, but like, well, that's I mean that's the thing. The jury is still out. Spring is just such a stupid time to try to make these sorts of big decisions, and that's why for me, you know. And we've talked about this before. Everybody's focuses on opening day. Oh, I've got to have all these roles and everything defined by opening day. It's like, no, fuck that. Like, mm-hmm. take another month and figure it out. Like, let them start. And, you know, don't send them to the bullpen for opening day just because you feel you have to make a decision by opening day. Like, this is a big decision. Like, let's, you know, see what you can do with this. And, you know, what the competition rises and and he doesn't meet that challenge and he finds that he can't get by with just that one pitch Mm -hmm. you know and he's doing it as a starter then then you know you have other options uh but yeah i think you're absolutely right obviously they have to do right by him the the other thing though is how you manage the roster right like uh gavin floyd has looked like he could be a nice little you know as much as i mocked the whole idea of it could be a nice little piece for them he's been doing fine so far and uh you know he doesn't have to be Terrific, obviously, because he's Gavin Floyd, but, uh, and so you can't, you know, terrific is not really on the radar, but he's a guy who really, it wasn't like he fell apart in terms of, you know, not being able to pitch or it it was that he got hurt. You know, if he's the same guy that he was before he was hurt for three years, the guy was pretty good. You know, that's a lot to ask because being hurt and not pitching for three years kind of fucks you up and. Who knows what that's you know? It's but, like, but I think he's throwing you know he's throwing harder than I was expecting you know and mm-hmm. and you know the results have been pretty good and what happens you know do you have Jesse Chavez and Gavin Floyd in the bullpen and knock you know somebody out, out of the bullpen who you would sort of rather have just because you can't keep all these bodies this is why I keep going back to the Buffalo thing for Sanchez mm-hmm. but I, I don't know I I mean I don't know if you yeah you, know, you shouldn't ruin Aaron Sanchez's development. Or impede it because you think you might get something out of Gavin Floyd, I guess. No, but, it's true. But you do. It, it looks like it looks like it might be working so kind of well so far. I don't know. I think that while the piece that I wrote was very much like Aaron Sanchez is a, is a reliever, I don't think that the 
the results in spring should deter them or anything should let, let stop any stop the Jays from letting him start. Right, at the very least, his ability to mow down these teams in spring training and not just be out there like a, looking like Miguel Castro out there. <laughs> Looking like Brandon Morrow dominating every spring. <laughs> or Josh Johnson, the spring of 2013, Yikes. unhittable. Uh, let him start the year in the Blue Jays as a starter. To me, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If 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 this I only throw one pitch basically thing works, then it works. If it doesn't, then it's time to reevaluate. If the, If all the same things that have plagued him through his entire professional career if he can't throw strikes, if he has just a hard time getting lefties out, right? When, once the yeah. level of, of of competition is equal to that of his his ability, then then that decision is no decision, right? But I don't think that you want to mess around. I wouldn't want mess around with Buffalo, and and I wouldn't put him in the in the bullpen and say, well, if we need him, we can spring him to start because that's yeah, I hate kind of hate that idea. Yeah. So I say let him start. My belief is until unless he can develop these other pitches, he won't be able to sustain this kind of success in the big leagues against good left-handed hitters who are not just sorting out their timing. Guys who throw 99 or 98 miles an hour get hit around all the time. It's not yep. just a matter of it's not a key, in and of itself not a key to the Golden City. Yeah, but true. but he's, not, he's not throwing it. It's not a straight line necessarily. No, no, no. But, but I mean, again, there's lots of guys that throw hard. Lot. Yeah. Well, Sam Dyson hit a 97 mile an hour fastball that was moving like crazy. So he threw one, and Jose yeah. Bautista hit it into outer space. I do seem to recall that. Yeah, it was pretty good. That ball, that, that <laughs> crazy moving. And no one's ever going to say that Sam Dyson doesn't have great stuff. He's a reliever. Best stuff, best stuff in the organization, as best I stuff recall. In the organization. That's that is uh, uh, something that has been leveled against him. <laughs> so that's it. Let him start. Sure. If he goes back to the, if he ends up in the bullpen again, don't let's not be surprised again because what he's trying to do is difficult to accomplish. Yeah, and to John Lott's piece that uh, ran at Blue Jays Nation this week, stop fucking around with him after that point. Don't be, you know, he, you know, John brought up the Neftali Felizes and Alexi mm-hmm. Ogando and Java Chamberlain, you know, guys who. Teams had these kind of decisions on. It's like, whoa, can be a great reliever, but we can, what if we can get him as a starter? And then just, you know, there are many reasons why those guys did not become as successful as people thought they would, but mm-hmm. it certainly didn't help that they kept getting, you know, shuffled back between one role and the other and never sort of were able to, to find their footing as, as one or the other. But also sometimes, you know, they just end up being trash. Sometimes they're just not good. Sometimes they're two-pitch guys who... Two pitches, whew. What a luxury! Well, Java had <laughs> Java was you know slider curveball that were similar. Uh, Neftali Feliz, when he tried to start, it was painful. I do seem to recall that also. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there are. It is true that those guys, on the surface, when you see them bouncing back and forth, but I think that we are missing uh, an integral part of the decision making, which is does this guy have the tools to turn a lineup over to to not kind of face just the three or four or five guys that happen to be coming up in his inning. Right? You gotta get everybody out and you gotta get them up twice or three times to be a real starter. Yeah. And it's not even about them getting information, it's about you giving them opportunities to see mistakes or see bad pitches or to have 
things happen in a sequence where suddenly you've given up four and five runs. <laughs> Especially when your sequence is sinker, 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 yeah. sinker. Show me curve, sinker, sinker. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's it is it's fun to talk about, and it, it it's very complex. And there's more. There's so many different moving moving pieces. But there's a very good chance that well, not a very good chance. There's a chance that maybe we are just overthinking it, and and let him run out there and do what he's doing until we're proven again, or it's it's proven that it doesn't go to work. I agree. I, I've I've said that because we've just talked so much about it. I've said that I've said that at, you know. Maybe failure is okay, and maybe his determination to be a starter is okay. Maybe, maybe that's how you get him to Buffalo. Maybe <laughs> I don't know why I want to waste his innings in Buffalo so badly, but and give them to Gavin Floyd. It's kind of stupid, but but uh, I don't know. He definitely seems to feel like he's big leaguer. He should. He was in the big leagues the whole year last year. He is a big uh, leaguer. Yeah, and he yeah. he has the potential to be an extremely effective reliever. He does, and I I would say that I don't want. I, I will agree with you your 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 half of your internal argument <laughs> that why fucking waste his innings in Buffalo? This is a guy who has while he's been injured, he's never been hurt, which is to say that it's coming. Right. He's a pitcher who throws really hard, and there is I don't think a bigger indicator of future injury than guys who throw really really hard. That is, you're stretching your body to the limit. Yeah. So don't waste them. So don't waste those bullets in Buffalo. Seeing if he can fumble around and throw a changeup. Maybe he'll just figure it out one day. Maybe it'll. No, that's the that's the beauty of baseball, in a way, which I hate to say because it seems like such a corny cliche. But there's yeah, the he's, Tom Glavine. Yeah. Well, the, well, the ball rolls to him. He picks it up oddly in his hand. He's like, oh, look at this thing, and he starts throwing this circle <laughs> change just because yeah. he happened to pick it up strangely, or someone will show him something, right? And or maybe it's well, why don't you try throwing a splitter? Somebody says something to him offhand, and all of a sudden it unlocks it. You know, like Tim Linscombe's changeup is really a splitter. Try throwing that. Just do it. Fuck with it. You think? Do you think Strowman hasn't shown him like fourteen grips for different things? Well, I think maybe. I wonder. I, I mean, yes, but also it's, he's everything is very task oriented. I feel like with Sanchez, where everyone's you know me, I got, I got this list for him. Like you got to do this. Got to throw a changeup. Got to throw a curveball. Got to get a cutter. Got to get a splitter. Maybe it's, it, there's not as not as much freedom to screw around and experiment. When there's so much riding on him because he's not Syndergaard, right? Because he's the one they kept instead, instead of the one they gave away. <laughs> eh, we're over that now, aren't we? If he becomes good, he'll get, he'll get over that real yes, quick. That's true. Real quick. That's true. Uh, we've prattled on long enough. About, we have, about yes. an answer, about a, a, an issue to which there is no resolution. <laughs> uh, I think I think he will break camp as a starter. I hope it goes well. My own feelings on why it may not go well. They're out there. If you want to read them, you can go to BlueJaysNation.com. <laughs> I got it all. Uh, so that's it. Was it 10 days to opening day? Something crazy like that, yeah. Something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah, Which is great. So, for now, we're getting close. Randy Stoughton. I'm Drew Fairservice. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>